0: Bible if you have a Bible turn it to Revelation chapter 2 18 through 29 in this letter from Jesus about Jesus to churches in Chaos, chaos is kind of a harsh one it's one that Jesus speaks very directly and it also has a similar message to the uh, the letter last week to Pergamum it, it, there are similar messages in here say like I am Jesus, don't worship another, worship me. Worship me. It's not Jesus plus anything, it's worshiping me. And this harsh language is supposed to do something. It's supposed to jar us. It's supposed to wake us up. It's supposed to come in and impact our lives and actually unsettle us a little bit so we can hopefully hear the message that Jesus has for us. It's supposed to alert our senses to the reality of what Jesus is saying to us. The fact that this is a fairly similar message to another city as well, allows us to get a sort of repeat message. Uh, And whenever anything is repeated in Scripture, it is begging us to listen to it and pay close attention. And I pray today that we may listen. I pray that if we struggle with the harsh words that are spoken, that we'll be able to look into the heart that Jesus has for us, that he is giving us in this message. And I don't want to remove or dismiss the rebuke that is here. It is real, and it is a real warning to us. And so with that, if you guys will please stand and pray this centering prayer that we have through the entire the um, book of Revelation, and then I will also read the letter to the church in Thyatira. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are the, reader, blessed are the readers, hearers, and keepers of this word. And to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, the words of the son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, And all the children will know that I am he who searches mind and heart. And I give to each one of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some called the deep things of Satan. To you, I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers and the one who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over other nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces. Even I myself have received authority from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You guys may be seated. As this letter opens, we see Jesus. We see Jesus, the one who is giving this message, not the meek and mild like children's storybook Bible picture of Jesus, but Jesus with flames, his eyes are like a flame of fire and his feet are burnished in bronze. I don't believe um, uh, this is a harsh Jesus or one that we should be like cowering in fear to. But I believe that this picture of Jesus is a serious one, is one. His eyes are like a flame, a flame that not only can see everything, but is also purifying a flame that looks past, looks past the masks that we have on the outside, that we, this facade that we like to create, and can see directly into our inner hearts. You can see our inner deeds, our motives, and everything that is exposing them. And then once they are exposed to his sight, they are purified by the fire of his presence. Everything is revealing when he looks at us. He sees us for who we truly are. He sees us and He knows and He wants to give us love and grace. And in this look that He gives with eyes that are aflame like fire, if we allow it, He will purify us. He will burn away all false things, all the lies that we believe and want to believe, all the falsehoods that have been spoken over us. All this will go away. His gaze will purify us. And we get to invite these searching eyes of Jesus to look at us. Because we know that when Jesus looks at us, he says that he loves us and he cares about us. And we get to invite these eyes to come in and correct wherever we may be wrong. But Jesus here also has feet that are burnished with bronze. Feet that have already been purified. This is pure bronze. Having endured the fires and now he is established and firm. Jesus here, it's a picture of Jesus. He is unmoving in his position here. When we deal with God, we come to him, but there are also some non-negotiables with him. Like he is the one true God, and we worship him and him alone. We are to follow him and him alone. We are not to be led astray, but we are to live for Jesus. There are areas where we are expected to move our positions in our hearts and our minds and our lifestyles to conform to what God has for us. It's true that Jesus leaves the 99 and rescues the one. That is 100% true, but it's also true that when we disagree with Jesus, we are the ones that need to change. And as Jesus gets this rebuke ready for this church in Thyatira and possibly Grace and Mercy Church, He is reminding us that there are some things that he will not tolerate and he will not budge on that he is firm about. And as we start in verse 19, we can see that this church is not actually all that bad. In fact, it's a it's a pretty good church, although it has some major problems as well. But in works, all these things, by the way, Grace and Mercy totally loves, right? In works, in love, and in faith, and in service, and in patient endurance, Thyatira, by all account, is doing good. This is actually a good church that is doing good in their community. And they, they, uh, a lot of them believe, and it seem to be on track. But we can also see quickly that this is not what's focused on Immediately. This is not what's focused on immediately in in Jesus. This is a brief sentence of praise, then quickly. Verse 20 says, but I have this against you. I have this against you. Quick praise and quickly into the rebuke. One commentator put it this way, and I like the way that he put it. The blazing eyes enabled Jesus to see through the misguided beliefs of the Thyatiran community. And if we allow these blazing eyes of Jesus, he will do it to us as well. Jesus doesn't mess around here. He cuts straight to the quick. I have this against you. And by the way, this thing is a dangerous thing. And because I care about you, I'm going to point it out. This is something that you need to be get warned against Because all of your good will unravel if you go down this other path that is being laid before you. Instead of getting into all the names of Jezebel in the Bible and and all that, let me permit me some direct talk. This church was being led astray by the way of tolerance, of accepting other things or adding other things to Jesus. And let me be clear. I'm not, and this scripture is not, talking about calling out everyone that is not being, to- that is being tolerant in areas of sin. Even as we see sin in this world, it's not calling out the world, it's calling out the church. It's calling out Christians in the church. It's, it's, it's pointing out these areas of sin. And even the sins that we see. But this... Jesus here in this passage is warning us. Us as Christians that we are not tolerate or accept unfaithfulness to Jesus. Jesus doesn't permit it and we don't get to either. This warning is that we can be too close. We can be too close to having Jesus and, Jesus and anything. Politics, it's close, uh, in a lot of ways, it's close to giving up our beliefs in Jesus. It's close to saying, yeah, but Jesus, your church is not what I expected it to be. So I'm just going to give up my beliefs. And Jesus is warning us, don't do that. Don't let go. Don't be tolerant and, and unfaithful to me. It's close to giving up our beliefs in the one true God and just saying, hey, well, there's multiple paths to heaven. So might as well. And this is false, that there's multiple paths to heaven. But this is something that we're tempted to believe because honestly, as we are on the path following Jesus, we all walk it in different ways. God has different responsibilities and different duties for all of us. But there's no other God except Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we worship Him alone. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way to live than to live for Jesus as Christians. And we as Christians need to be faithful to him faithful to him we have our limits as christians of things that we can do licenses that we can take advantage of or or, or be reminded of and jesus is reminding of that of this us of that that Not all things are good and permittable if we want to follow Jesus. Not all things will lead us in the right direction. There are some areas of sin that we are far too eager to explore. And we need to live within the limits that Christ has set for us. This is because in our limits, we are like, I'm going to use the 99 to go after the one again. We are like the sheep that are left in the fold. Jesus leaves the 99 and goes after the one, but he expects the 99 to stay put while he goes after that one. Well he goes out and does the rescuing, he doesn't abandon the 99, he puts them in a safe place. And then he goes out and rescues the one. He trusts us because we have proven faithful. And he wants to do this over and over and over again. Once he rescues us, he wants us in the sheepfold so he can continue to go out and rescue more and more and more. And this church in Thyatira was being tempted away from Jesus through tolerance. Tolerance of idolatry. Tolerance of things Plus Jesus. Now, tolerance or a lack thereof doesn't mean that we judge the outside world and condemn all the evil and sin that we see. We don't have to be standing on street corners and going, you know, repent, repent. We will see sins and we will avoid them and and keep ourselves from them. But we are to keep a close eye on ourselves on ourselves that we that we live as wise and not as unwise that we live free from the stain of sin that we love one another even though we don't tolerate sin and that we don't cheat on god the world isn't claiming to be married to god but you know who is the church we are we are a part of the church We are claiming that we are to be married to Jesus, that we are Jesus' bride, and we don't get to cheat on Jesus because we are his bride. In Revelation, we are kind of seeing the shadow lands. There is is this world and heaven. C.S. Lewis called our world the shadow lands. The shadow of heaven is seen here on earth. There are things on earth that are shadows of heavenly things. The church is called the bride of Christ. We can know about this and know what's to be expected of the church by our picture of our own marriages and our own relationships. In marriage, sexual fidelity is the sign of faithfulness. A sign, not the only sign, but a sign of faithfulness to one another in marriage. Adultery is is cheating on your spouse with another person. Cheating on your marriage vows. Marriage is real on earth, but it's also a metaphor for heavenly things. When we tolerate sin to the point where we make everything okay and acceptable, we are at great risk of making something other than Jesus our priority. Once we do that, We are cheating on Jesus. We are committing adultery on Jesus. And if you've ever been cheated on or seen the effects of someone cheated on, it's an absolute mess. It's not good. Jesus doesn't like being cheated on just like we don't. He wants his bride to remain faithful. This passage screams to us that there are times and areas that we are tempted and we're too close. We're too close to cheating on Jesus and Jesus doesn't want it. He's saying, don't fall into the false teaching. Repent and hold fast to the good works, your faith and your service, your love and patient endurance. Don't be seduced away from me. Don't be seduced away from Jesus. There there are cheating, like many of us are tempted to cheat on Jesus at times and Jesus gives a stern warning. But in our repentance, in our willingness to submit to Christ, he also gives us time. At the end of sin, if we don't repent, if, if this is uh, this, this is the case that our sins won't satisfy us. They will devour us. They are not good for us. Even if they feel good in the moment, they are not good for us. They are lies and lies will destroy us. Sin will destroy us. And the lie is trying to say that they will satisfy, but they won't satisfy as much as we think they will. Jesus is calling to us to repent And for us to remember that he took the punishment so that we don't have to take the punishment. There is punishment. There is no way around it. But it isn't without its warning and it isn't without Jesus' patience for us to change. If we sin, it's not one and done. Praise be to Jesus for that. Amen. Jesus Never had a, this is your last chance type of attitude. There is love and a deep want, a deep desire for us to live a better life. And and that better life comes through repentance. And then Jesus gives us patience. But this is not an excuse for our sin to continue on. There are those who won't ever repent. They Their their life, the way that they live, is not ever going to be given up. No matter how much time and how much um, kindness Jesus tries to show them, they are not going to repent. This could be because of fear. It could be because of a lack of imagination of this different life that Christ could give to us it could be because of the love of evil and the lure towards it in their lives but i believe the scripture shows us that there are those who repent to follow jesus and those who don't let our hearts not grow hard to this let us be soft and repentant and follow jesus he is kind and he is patient with us and his ways are better let us not be like those who won't ever repent. We can see that in verse 21, Jesus gives Jezebel time to repent, even though she's seducing and the people that she's seduced away. She's he's giving her time to repent. Jesus says that her sin will devour and her children. The outcome of her sin will die along with her followers But even after that, Jesus says again, already showing patience and offering repentance, more repentance, constantly using this time. We can think of repentance like this. Repentance is simply turning away from our sin and turning to Jesus. That's what the simple definition of repentance. But it's Jesus' kindness plus time. His kindness leads us to repentance and then he gives us the time to work it out. Jesus knows that there are those of us that won't change overnight. Amen? I know this church, Grace and Mercy, we are a stubborn lot. Amen? Like, that's just who we are. All of us. I'm talking to every single one of us in our own ways. He knows that some of us won't change overnight and that we need some time to figure it out. We need some time to figure it out. And again, this is not an excuse for us to live in our sin or continue in it. But Jesus shows us kindness and patience. He paints this other picture for us, for us to live with him. Jesus knows the temptations that we face because he was tempted in every way that we are. But he did it without sin. Jesus is with his bronze feet asking us to be established like he is established. For us to hold fast, to stay faithful, to remain forever and ever in Him. And you know what? He knows it's not always easy. He knows that there will be a million things that are trying to pull us out of this faithful relationship with Him. But we get to maintain our faith. We get to hold fast to the promises of Jesus. We get to hold on to His kindness, His goodness, His mercy, His love We get to look to him who was once hung on a cross, crucified, dead, buried, rose again to free us from sin, to rescue us. We get to hold on to this. And you can see in all these letters to the churches that he, Jesus, has something better for us if we endure with him. Just as in punishment, punishment is real, And discipline is real. But you know what else is real? The rewards. There is peace that God gives us in difficult situations. Amen? We can feel loved by Jesus during moments of need. We can see that God seeks us out and finds us. But these are shadows as well. They are real. But they also, we also have rewards in heaven for those who endure. Those who hold fast to their faith until the end. Those who claim Jesus and walk with Him and strive, not in perfection, but just do their best to walk with Him all the days of their life. Because you know what, Grace and Mercy Church, this is what we want. We want to endure with Him. We want to hold fast. We want Jesus to wipe away our tears and live a life where there is no more sickness no more sin, no more pain, or death. And in the last three letters, the first three to the seven churches, and then in the the fourth, there are rewards for those who endure. We will eat from the tree of life that is in paradise. That's from the letter to the Ephesians. Where the fruit is tastier than the rewards of sin. Amen? In In the second letter to Smyrna, it says we won't be hurt by the second death. And don't ask me what the second death is. I don't know. I'm not scholarly enough and I'm not educated enough. But I know that life with Jesus, a life with Jesus is better than any second death. Amen? And we are also given a white stone with a new name that God gives only to us. This is the name that God gives to us. This new name where he takes away our sin, takes away our past, takes away our shame. And he gives us this beautiful new name. And then he also gives us hidden manna, food that will sustain us forever and ever and ever. And then when we get to this letter, this letter to the church in Thyatira, our rewards, our authority over the nation's. With an election cycle, how many of us would love that right about now, right? Authority over the nations that we could actually vote for Jesus and he would win and his will would be accomplished in our country and in the rest of the countries. We will rule over nations through the perfect love of Jesus. This is a tremendous reward. Plus, here in this letter, we are given the morning star. Now, the morning star is Venus and Venus is a symbol for victory in Christ. We are given authority over the nations and we are given victory over Satan, sin, and death over these temptations that are tempted to pull us away from Christ. We can find our victory in Christ. I believe the message to this church and to Grace and Mercy in particular, this message is simple. Look to Jesus. Don't tolerate the sin that will tear us away from Jesus and don't fall into idolatry. As we are tempted to start and move in different directions from time to time, pray that Jesus will lead us to repentance. And then when he does that, we will repent. And in repentance, we are holding fast to Jesus Even though this isn't easy at times, we're going to cling to Christ with all that we are. But we want to be like Jesus, established and pure. And he is giving us these gifts. And if God's love and his grace and his forgiveness isn't reward enough, God will shower us with blessings and rewards beyond anything we can imagine. I believe my word and my prayer for Grace and Mercy Church throughout this week and this morning is that we hold fast. That we hold fast until Jesus comes. So Grace and Mercy, hold fast. Hang on to Jesus. Jesus, will you allow this for us? Lord, we don't want to cheat on you. We want to walk with you. We don't want to be led astray. Although we are tempted at times, Lord, I pray that you will permit us the grace to repent and continue to walk with you. That, Lord, we invite your searching eyes to search us and to purify us, and that we, like you, can stand firm forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen.